0: It's the Zero Lives Left podcast episode... Forty-six. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left Podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there is a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here is your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. My name is Wayne, I'm your host on this journey. Thank you once again for tuning back in to another episode of the show. As always, if this is your first time coming across the podcast and you have no idea what it's all about, let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no-nonsense, real, right to the point, podcast banter on business, career and life. Maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business or get started in a particular career path. This is the podcast for you. You've come to the right place and we promise to have something useful and helpful which will help you along on your journey. If you've not yet done it, please do stop by zero lives left podcast.com. Check out the website. Lots of great, supportive, educational resources available over on the website. We've got all the previous episodes in one place. We've got transcripts of the podcasts, a little bit more information on our guests who have appeared on the podcast. And we've also got, which I'm really excited about, my podcasting ebook, which is now available to download. So maybe you would love to start your own podcast. Maybe you work for a business, a brand, an organization. Maybe you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, and you would like to share your thoughts, your opinions, your experiences in a podcast. What better way to create some really, really impacting content marketing than create a regular podcast. I've created an ebook which you can download from the website right away which will give you my seven simple steps to successfully launching your own podcast and it's now available to download so if you get a chance stop by the website check that out it's a great resource it's got all my little tricks and tips and hacks that i've learned along the way which is going to save you time stress money and effort. Don't forget if you're listening to this podcast today on iTunes, please do rate and review the podcast. We're available across a number of different podcasting platforms from Spotify to Allcast to Stitcher Radio. So if you're enjoying the show, please do let other people know about it. Please do rate and review the podcast because it does help other people find out about the podcast. We've got another amazing episode lined up for you today. We're talking all about business expansion. Now you might be a small business, you might be a medium medium business, you might be operating in a part of Ireland or the UK or indeed another part of the world and you might be listening in to this podcast today and you've got you've got plans for international expansion. What about thinking about the chinese market one of the biggest markets in the world a huge population that could need your products and services and maybe you're scratching your head and you're wondering how do you even launch a business in china how do you expand your business into china do you need to know the language do you need to know the different business procedures what about the tax implications what about hiring staff these are all questions that you might have, that you might be starting to think about, or you might want to know a little bit more information about well we have a great episode lined up we're talking to my good friend today christina head of business advisory at woodburn accountants they specialize in inbound investment china and hong kong they offer companies a one-stop shop approach to corporate service needs offering market entry advisory and ongoing corporate accounting tax and Human Resources Services. This is a great episode. This is one that you're definitely going to want to have a pen and a piece of paper ready. You're going to jot down some great information and let me take you on this journey today with Christina from Woodburn Accountants and Advisors. Let's get right in to episode 46 of the Zero Lives Left Podcast. We originally met in Dubai over a year ago. You were taking part in one of the digital marketing courses, and I was absolutely fascinated about your business and also the types of services that you provide for businesses and brands. You've been a leading expert in China inbound investment over the past 15 years working in China in Shanghai, and you've supported hundreds of foreign invested startups and small, medium businesses, multinational corporations with their China market entry. Can you give give our listeners a little bit of an overview of your career journey to date and how you got started with your business.
1: So the career journey is actually quite interesting because I was at university at the time. It was about 2003 and nobody around the world was hiring. It was actually not just for myself, but even for my friends. It was close to impossible to find a job. And I was in the US at that time. I was running out of options. I was even applying for internships and whatnot. And then one day my brother called me and said, what do you think about joining the family business. And I said, well, what is it? (laughs) I was so naive and innocent back then. And he was telling me how he was going to bring my father's firm in a completely new direction. And it intrigued me because it wasn't in trading anymore. It was in consulting and in advisory. Basically, I said, yes. And what's interesting out of this whole thing is that when he then told my father, my father said, no, my father actually wanted me to go out, at least get an internship first, work somewhere to get a bit of an experience to bring that into the firm at a later stage. So again, my hopes went down. And then about three months later, very close to graduation, my brother said, I convinced him, August, you're starting. So the first day on my job, my brother picked me up and um, we went out actually for a lunch, and he then shocked me with the fact, this was in Hong Kong, and he shocked me with the fact that I was moving to Shanghai in four months to open up the business, and I was 21 at that time, so very naive and very innocent. And I basically thought, all right, well, that's four months of living at home, I can manage that, and then I'll move off to Shanghai. And then when I moved, it was January 3rd, 2004, it was a day before my birthday of turning 22, and I remember going in this apartment, looking out the window, and thinking, what the hell Have I done? But I mean, I'm happy to say I haven't been fired. (laughs) It's been a long journey, definitely a lot of ups and downs. And I think the advantage of me having arrived in China in 2003 is also I was brand new to that market, and I had to learn everything by doing, by physically doing the work either for my own firm or for my clients. So the experiences that I share are not things that I've read in books or have done through trainings, their physical experiences that I've actually participated in hands-on either with my firm or or with my clients firm I think what's interesting with our firm is that we've gone through everything from being a small liaison office in China to actually setting up a proper consulting firm to then actually selling our business to then starting up from scratch again so I've kind of done the whole full circle full journey and probably from my perspective what also is very interesting is that in 2011 I then decided to follow my husband for his career so I've been doing the last seven years of the job from abroad so managing a team in Shanghai from overseas, which is also not easy in itself. I mean, there are definitely a lot of challenges that are involved in there, but it helps me to understand my clients who are sitting in the UK, sitting in Ireland, sitting in the US that have to manage their teams in China and knowing how to do that on a, in an efficient way or as efficient of in a way as, as possible. So it's not your random journey. Um, I've only ever had one job. I don't have a resume. I've never done interviews. So it's a, it's a pretty bizarre thing and unique thing, I think, having had this type of career journey journey.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the business. Let's talk about Woodburn in particular. Let's give our listeners a little bit of a flavor of what you guys do when it's helping that small medium business or right up to that large multinational corporation who who really wants to break into the Chinese market. Talk to me a little bit about the services that you guys provide.
1: In an ideal world, I would get the first contact with a client at the point where they either haven't done market research on China, they've never traveled to China, or they've started getting inquiries from China, which has piqued their interest interest in the market and basically my role is to help them on the education side so informing them what is it like to do business in China what options do they have what phases can they go through with their China journey all the way from just doing things remotely from abroad or actually physically setting something up hiring staff there are all these different phases along the path that one can take it all depends on the type of risk and commitment but basically what I do is I do all of the administration work for that company in China so all the things that generally people don't like to do they come and fall under me so that basically they can focus on the core business whether that's sales uh, marketing talking with suppliers so the, the types of services I do is everything from pre-investment advisory to setting up the actual company to then doing the accounting the tax the payroll recruitment I even have a very unique service which is not common which is called an incubation service and this is really for people in the test phase of the market where they say I need someone on the ground but I'm not ready to actually physically set up a company can you hire that person we hire that person under our company." I think the beauty of being a family business is that we're not set on strict service guidelines I mean what I've provided are kind of the main ones but because we are a family-owned business as most people will understand if they are entrepreneurs or startups or family business we're flexible enough to always adapt to our clients needs in terms of what they need in the market as long as it's legal Is one point I'd like to make especially regarding China so you know that's also a key thing that you know you've got you've got to learn in the Chinese market, is you got to be flexible um, with everything that you do.
0: Let's talk a little bit about uh, entrepreneurs who are maybe listening into the show today. We got a lot of small businesses who listen in. You know, businesses who are based here in the UK, businesses who are based here in Ireland, who maybe have that expansion idea to China. Maybe they're getting some inquiries coming in. Uh, just as you say, they're really maybe not sure how to take it, you know, to the next step. What are some of the challenges businesses face? Uh, trying to do this individually.
1: I think the first is the language barrier, but even that is slowly disappearing. But I think that's the first obstacle which people think I'm definitely not going to go into China because of the language. I don't speak it and nobody speaks English there. That's really not true. With the 2010 Expo that occurred in Shanghai, with the Olympics that occurred in Beijing. I mean, if you travel to the main cities of China, you'll find all of the younger generation being able to communicate with. Obviously, there are certain things you should have, you know, if you do go to China, which is probably the first step I would recommend anyone to do is go physically to China and see it because it will completely change your perspective of the market. What you read in the media is not what you're going to see on the ground. The media really skews a lot or or shows too much of the negative versus the positive of the the country. So definitely the first step should be going there, physically seeing it to eliminate these initial obstacles that people perceive like language barriers, like the time zone issue, right? Between the UK and Ireland, it's about seven hours different it's a foreign country with such a different culture and I've read that you know food drink eating the food and drinking the drinks is something that I got to do you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do it's obviously better if you participate in it because then you just learn about the culture and it's kind of respect level Um, you know I can relate it going to the UK traveling to the UK people generally invite me to a pub and I gotta drink the beer, although I don't like beer, and I gotta have the meat pies. And it's just a way also to experience the British culture, just like it would be a way to experience the Chinese. So if you go there and you overcome these first couple of things, actually it will relax you a lot in terms of then starting business discussions, business negotiations, and just seeing the country, getting a feel for walking in the street, meeting the people, seeing how they live. I can tell you right now, China is more advanced than even the UK or Ireland in a lot of respect, in terms of transportation, advertisement, nobody carries a wallet in China because everything can be done on your mobile. It's a completely different type of country to, to visit. Um, and without going and sitting foot on the ground, you won't know really what it's like. And
0: of course, not to forget, one of the biggest economies in the world, um, lots of opportunities for Absolutely. businesses, no doubt. So what are some Absolutely. of the opportunities or the trends, I suppose, that you're seeing businesses from maybe other parts of the world deciding, okay, you know what, we got to start exploring this. We got to start seeking our these opportunities in China, what are some of the things or the trends that you're seeing at the moment?
1: So I think it's been a fascinating journey for me to see from 2003 to 2019. So if you look at 2003, China was renowned as being a manufacturing place so people would actually set up manufacturing facilities there they would be sourcing goods there it was all this traditional type of business if you look at 2019 the focus for nearly everyone is selling it's e-commerce it's retail it's selling your brand into the Chinese market because the perception is that there's 1.3 billion people there and at least if I can get 200 people to buy my product that will already be a huge marketplace for for me so it's been a, a huge change from manufacturing all the way now to can you imagine e-commerce sales branding and service so the Chinese government has every five years they develop this five-year plan on how the country should develop how the economy should develop so in the latest five-year plan the basic industries that they're trying to attract are anything in clean tech high-tech you know anything related to the environment anything that can help to protect the environment in China so any of these types of services or even technology that can be used that's all needed and wanted. Everything that can help with urbanization, infrastructure, construction is also of interest in China. And then just generally, just general service sector, you know, architecture firms, urban mm-hmm. urban tech firms, digital branding firms, PR firms. These are all still areas that are a little bit lagging in the market. And what are
0: some of the things that businesses would need to think about before making that initial step? You know, we're, we're listening to sort of your overview of um, the type of services that Woodburn provides for, for businesses and organizations, if a business is very, very much just starting out on the journey, starting to think about it, what would be the third of three things in order to get their ducks in a row before they reach out to you and they say, I've got an interest in in trying to do some business in China?
1: So I think the first thing to realize is that there's a lot happening in your own market right now. So in Ireland and in the UK, there are China-centric associations that organize events to educate companies on how to do business in China, what you need to know go. To go into China, I'm actually a member of the China-Britain Business Council, um, which is headquartered out of London, but they have, I think, 13 offices within the UK. I even think there's an office in Dublin. I'm not not sure. Having just this association, that's literally at your doorstep is a huge help in just learning a little bit more about the market without even you having to travel there, going to seminars and getting an, a bit of an education. The second thing that you've got to do is you, you've got to make a visit, uh, an exploratory visit, probably the better way of saying it. And one thing that you can do is in, in China, you have the Irish Chamber of Commerce. You've got the British Chambers of Commerce that can help you to set up one-on-one business meetings so with potential customers with potential suppliers the China Britain Business Council also does it so this exploratory visit would not just be you in theory going on a holiday it's you actually going on a business trip but with meetings prepared by someone who can help you prepare those meetings make those types of introductions so that it's a fruitful meeting for you it's kind of like a type of on the ground market research study you know does it make sense that your, your business is, is is growing up there the third is make sure you shop around and And also realize that there are thousands of consulting firms that are already on the market use us use us for information compare us but don't just rely on one i say always don't put all your eggs in one basket Don't rely on just one firm. Talk to as many people as possible. I think this is one of the beautiful things about China is that most expats and foreigners want to share their experiences. So go to networking events when you're there. Talk to the people, talk to the people that are working for different companies. Everyone wants to talk about their war stories and their challenges, but also they wanna share their successes. Everyone wants to talk about it. So listen to them, listen to their advice. You can find firms that are helping you with marketing, with accounting, with tax, with HR with legal with PR I mean there are like I said thousands of firms use us don't especially if you're small use us I know it will be a bigger cost for you at the beginning and it will definitely you know increase your investment into the market but I can tell you right now especially if you are a small firm or startup it's gonna save you down the line because the, the clients I've seen who went with a, I, I like how they call it they went with a trusted person that actually they've only known for about three to six months I don't know how you can assume you can trust someone for three to six months who then does everything for you. And a year later, you find out they've done nothing except take your money because you don't know even what to ask. You don't know if there are licenses. You you know nothing. And if the person isn't being proactive with you saying, here's your business license and here's that, they're not, never going to tell you. Get the advice. Spend that money initially in order to make sure you're compliant and you're correct. Because I can tell you, even with my own business and being on the ground there, I've had sleepless nights. And you just want to avoid those sleepless nights by having someone who protects your interests along the way and again there are thousands of us out there you
0: guys do a lot of education you're very active on social media you're active on linkedin you're creating a lot of uh, amazing resources and information and educational content for for the people that we're talking about on this episode of the podcast talk to me a little bit about some of the content that you're creating in the form of the webinars and how this content is helping people get that education?
1: So I think the, the key thing is, first of all, a lot of people have a fear of China. And I think the content that I create is supposed to um, negate that fear. It's supposed to say it's not as complex and complicated as the media highlights or that people talk about. Because when I see a lot of either my competitors or just even politicians or the government talk about China, it's always in a negative perspective. It's hard. It's complex. It's complicated. It's complicated. In reality, it's not. It's just, you know, what I wanna do is make sure that this fear is negated. People are educated in terms of knowing what opportunities exist and just how things work on the ground. And the education that I deliver is in many different forms. I mean, there's there's written publications that I try to publish on a weekly basis. That's posted on our website and then through LinkedIn and Facebook. And then I have webinars that I develop actually with partners. In February, for example, I did a, a webinar series. It was encompassed four webinars, so four topics, all about HR. I talked about how to calculate salaries and and calculate taxes and whatnot. But I also talked about you know what steps. Can you take to not have staff on the ground, to have staff on the ground? And my partner, he talked about recruitment how to find the right people on the ground so I try that these webinar series encompasses a partner in June I'll be having my second webinar series on effective sales strategies because like I said the biggest trend right now is on sales and selling Um, and I'm doing that with a law firm as well as a UK based firm that helps a lot with translations and things like that and hopefully we'll get a five-day series in place to give you everything you need to know about developing a business model in China for sales all the way through if you you want to work with a, a distributor what you need to know from a legal perspective of formulating that contract to e-commerce and how to develop an e-commerce platform to the tax issues uh, in relation to developing an e-commerce platform so it's it's really just to give you an overview and information on what can you do in the market what, what are your options what stages exist depending on risk and commitment and and just generally money investment, right? How everyone has a different threshold in terms of how much capital they can invest. So I think this will give you an idea of what options exist and give you the information that if you do your next trip to China, you'll have a clearer picture of how things
0: Talking work. a little bit more about a trip to China, you mentioned that it's important to go out there and do that sort of uh, business trip, explore the area, find out what it's all about, explore the country. Is there a good time of the year for people to be visiting more so than others? You know, is there, a, is there, is there sort of an optimum time to, to go? if you were considering a visit out?
1: Any time of year is perfect. I think the months to not go is probably July and August because like anywhere else, schools are shut down and people take their holidays. You know, what's funny is that they don't celebrate Christmas. So, you know, most Chinese are also there for Christmas. Chinese New Year, definitely don't go. I mean, look at the public holidays and make sure that, you know, you don't go during those periods because then it really is a wasted trip. There are two big exhibitions that occur Twice a year and it's called the Big Canton Fair it's usually for people that are looking for suppliers and they are in April and October a lot of companies do their business trips during this period since 2018 the Shanghai government has also done A new exhibition in November called the import-export fair and it's predominantly focused on people that want to have booths at this fair for introducing their products and introducing their services from overseas so for example UK brands or UK firms or Irish firms who want to have this amazing technology or have this amazing product and want to just introduce it in the market this fair might be a great introduction and you can organize that through the CBBC or through the, the British Chambers of Commerce I would generally Recommend tying it in with an exhibition that's associated with your product, associated with your service, so that you can also see what type of competitors exist in the market. If you're talking about weather, October is the optimal time to travel in terms of weather. May, June is rainy season, so I wouldn't really recommend that time of year. But yeah, I mean, it depends what you're looking for um, in terms of that. Just one thing that I want to highlight, though, if you, because I am talking a lot about going out there, if you do go on an exhibition, first thing you should do before even planning it is protect your brand. Because the biggest issue in China is people who steal your brand, steal your your trademark, steal your name. So definitely think first about registering your trademark, you know, registering your patents and making sure this is protected before you even show any product, any service on the market. This should really be your first step. If you're not physically showing anything, you know. You're a little bit safe, but we've even had clients who literally just showed their name card with the brand, and it got stolen. It got immediately registered, and and then they had to pay a huge amount of money to get it back. Be aware of that as, as at the get go.
0: I think that's a really really good tip. Um, and I think there's so much think about. There's so much to consider, and and I think getting that right advice is really really important, and and having that relationship with that organization, that consultancy firm, who's Who's on the ground? Who's got that expertise? Who's got that experience? Is so so important, particularly when you're
1: looking at an overseas market. It is. I mean, you've got to compare it to setting up your own company in Ireland or the UK. You you might be able to set up the company on your own, but. If you're not a finance guy, you're gonna have to use an accountant or a tax person to help you do things properly. It's the same thing going to a new market. You've gotta get the help so that you understand what's right and what's wrong. The most perfect example I have on that is actually a client of mine who went out to China and because they already had an office in Hong Kong and they thought Hong Kong was very similar to China, which it isn't, even though it's one country, two systems, it's still two systems, two legal jurisdictions. They basically thought that they could fire a staff the same way they fired the staff Hong Kong. As it turned out, they actually paid about 10 times the amount they had to in compensation because they got caught into a situation where the staff didn't want to leave the office, refused to leave the computer, wanted to take everything off the computer, didn't want to give back the keys to the office. I mean, when you get caught into these situations, if you don't know what you can do, how do you have the leverage to negotiate, right? So. You know get the help get the advice talk to different people because I think also the biggest problem in China is no one says the same thing because the laws are not black and white so you are going to hear different versions of a law or different situations or loopholes and the reason for that primarily is even for me is I base everything on my own experience and the experiences of my clients so I will share with you what I am capable of doing and what loopholes I have found and I'm sure that I can replicate another lawyer or another accountant might have another way of doing it so talk to as many people as possible Um, work with someone you're comfortable with working most people tend to work with someone where they like what they're hearing versus what they like in terms of service just be balanced in regards to that I think the
0: great thing about this conversation today has been it's been a nice introduction and overview to the kind of things to think about the kind of questions to initially ask but also some of the things that you may not have thought about typically in and around setting up of that business protecting your trademark Uh, making that initial trip out to China but also where to get that trusted information that you mentioned which is so important I think before you decide to move forward with anything. And what I think is that we've actually we've actually uncovered a lot of really useful nuggets of golding information in this episode of the podcast today. And what I want to do is I want to pick some of these conversations up again, because I think there's, there's another four or five conversations that we can have about different sure. areas of, of how Woodburn in particular can help those businesses who may want to make that initial step and have that initial conversation. So before we sort of wrap up, can you tell me how people can find out about the services that Woodburn provide? Tell me again when they the next when the next webinar is because you mentioned that's coming up now in June what the topic is going to be and how people register for that
1: you can easily find us on WoodburnGlobal.com. we also have a Facebook page a LinkedIn page um, an Instagram page a Twitter page and I think most importantly if you're looking for good free information and you like listening to podcasts I assume you probably like to listen to webinars all of my past webinars are up on YouTube and if you just just search woodburn global you'll You'll get all um, the the web the previous webinar recordings. If you also go on our website, all of the social media links can be found um, at the top banner. The next webinar series will be in June. The tentative dates are from the 4th to the 6th of June or the 6th to the 10th of June, one of, one of those weeks. The title will be Effective Sales Strategies. All the webinar topics will be posted on our website and registration can happen on our website. Or if you're just interested in the topic, you can also just email me. At that christina at WoodburnGlobal.com, and I can help you also to register.
0: Now, there is also a podcast coming, The China Expert. That's that's, that's in the pipeline. That's coming down the, the line. Can you tell our listeners just before we finish off a little bit about what they can expect from hitting the subscribe button? Because we want to get those people who are listening into this podcast to be on the lookout for The China Expert podcast. If you are interested in doing business in China, you want to hit that subscribe button. What's coming down the line?
1: So The China Expert podcast is something that I've been thinking a lot about in terms of how to show how I work work also with partners in China. I'm limited in terms of all the services that I can offer, um, and there are definitely certain areas that are not my expertise, especially when it comes to legal issues, legal disputes, HR issues, or even marketing issues. And there are, as I said, thousands of different advisory firms, and I have a lot of different partners who I want to just be able to portray to people what their China, first of all, what is their China journey been? What challenges have they experienced in the market and what do they do and what can they offer to clients? And the goal of the the whole China experts podcast is to show people that don't just work with one firm. There are thousands of us out there. You should be working with as many people as possible so that again, your eggs are not all in one basket. It's kind of my principle. You're, you know, you're, you're giving people different types of activities to do for you. You're getting advice from different people. And the goal is just to show you and portray to you who those experts are in the various fields that exist in China. And hopefully I'll even be able to bring out some of my clients within the podcasts who are not necessarily service-oriented businesses but who are selling certain products or doing certain manufacturing in China to also kind of show their journey, because I I truly believe anyone who's managed to set foot in the market, establish an entity, is already an expert. They already have an idea of how things are working. So I want to kind of involve everyone into this podcast.
0: So if you're somebody who's listening into the podcast today, keep an eye out for the China expert. Is there any indication on when we can expect episode one? I'm putting you on the spot here.
1: This might be episode one already, but uh, hopefully in September, I'll get the ball rolling on that. Um, I want to start talking to partners about it, and, and hopefully in September, we can get that up and roll.
0: Awesome. And I'll make uh, the links available to your website, to some of the references that you mentioned today. Typically, the the UK chambers and the British chambers and that type of stuff, I will make some reference to those in the show notes of the podcast as well. And I definitely think we should pick another conversation up in the not too distant future and talk about a specific topic, on something that might interest our listeners, again, related to the services that Woodburn and and you provide.
1: I think also if listeners have questions or they have talked topics that you know, they'd be interested in hearing about, give advice. I mean, tell us, because it also will help me for developing the China Experts podcast. Anyone who gives me these types of ideas, that's how I develop my webinar series. It's how I also develop my content is when you tell me what you're looking for in terms of information, because uh, that shows me also what's the trend that's occurring right now in terms of what questions are being asked and what information is needed.
0: And I could certainly echo, I mean, I've been following your content now on LinkedIn for a number of months, in fact, uh, some time, and it's very, very valuable, very, very useful. And it, it, it will help you get that correct advice and sort of get that information that you need to know in order to take those initial questions at least forward. Christina, I want to I thank you for taking time out today to join me on the podcast. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode. There's some amazing, useful information that I've no doubt that listeners to the Zero Lives Left podcast will find very, very useful. And let's pick this conversation up in the very, very near future.
1: Great. Thanks a lot, Wayne.
0: All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Once again, huge thank you to Christina, Head of Business Advisory at Woodburn Accountants and Advisors. So many great takeaways in this episode. I've wrote about four pages of notes, lots of things to think about, the importance of making a trip across to China and Hong Kong, the importance of getting as much information as possible, how to protect your brand IP, your intellectual property, things to think about about the best time of the year to go, the issues in and around the language and the language barrier and how to overcome that. But also one of the key things for me is the importance of getting trusted advice from an organisation that's on the ground, knows the country well, has the correct skills and also the advisors to help you ensure that whenever you expand or you launch your business into a country such as China or Hong Kong, you can be as successful as possible. It's one of the biggest countries in the world, huge population of people that may need Need your products and may need your services and what better place to start than getting some really really important advice and by taking the information that you're gleaning from today's podcast and maybe reaching out and maybe taking that initial step and asking some more questions getting some more advice but getting as much advice as possible and a great place to start is over at Woodburn Accountants and Advisors websites. There is so much information available there. You can reach out, you can ask a question, you can take part in one of their webinars. And it's certainly something that I'm gonna be taking part in in the very near future. Many of us wanna grow our business. Many of us wanna expand our business into other territories, into other countries around the world. With China being one of the biggest countries in the world, it's certainly a place that we should be exploring and a place that we should be thinking about doing business in. So thanks again to Christina. Lots of great information and I know we're going to revisit this topic again in the very, very near future. I'm going to be keeping an eye out for the China Experts podcast, which is going to be coming your way very soon. Keep an eye on it. As soon as I know it's available, I'll share a link over on the Zero Lives Left podcast Twitter account and you can hit that subscribe button and you can check the podcast out. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast today, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Ratings and reviews are really, really important, guys, and they do do help push me on. also help other people find out about the podcast so please hit that review button please uh, like the podcast please share it with your friends and make sure you keep an eye out because we're going to be coming back very soon with episode 47 of the zero lives left Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left Podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from waynedenner.com, and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.